Welcome to Tactically Acquired. Our goal is to document military-connected living history in a fun and easy environment. We will capture the stories of our active duty, guard, reservists, veterans, ROTC, and their families, sharing their stories, adventures, and journeys across the military life cycle. The podcast is for anyone interested in joining the military, has been part of the military, or wishes to learn more about military life. In addition, we want to bridge the growing military-civilian divide through education. This is unfiltered, meaning we'll go over the good, the bad, and yes, maybe even the ugly of being a military-connected individual. I'm your host, Rusty Martis, a retired Air Force Mustang and OEF veteran, and I run the Veterans Resource Station at North Kentucky University. My special guest today is an MKU student, and she has many facets of being in the military, so it's going to be a great conversation, but we'll get into that just a bit. To get started, first, just thank you very much. Um, please state your name and the branch of service that you were kind of in and surrounded by. Um, so my name is Jessica Young. I was in the Army. I was also married to somebody in the Army, and I am a Marine daughter. So Yeah, so you have the whole spectrum <laughs> yes. of um, being around the military. I mean, from the very young age... Uh, can yes. I say you're a Marine brat? Uh, yes and no. Like, my mom had moved home, but my dad was still in at gotcha. the time. Gotcha, Yeah. So, like, he wasn't around for, like, I think my mom said, like, the first couple months of my life. Because he was stationed in Hawaii, and we she lived in Kentucky, so. Awesome. Okay. So, um, you're from around here, then? Yeah, Bellevue. The Bellevue area. Okay, so right up the road from us. Yes. All right, so... Let's talk um, first about your military service, okay. and uh, why did you choose the Army? Uh, my dad told me I couldn't do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weird thing, I know, but like... I hear that a lot, actually. Gotta prove yeah. them wrong. Exactly. So yeah. I joined because he said I couldn't do it, so... And you, did were you active duty National Guard I was Reserve? active duty, and I was in uh, Camp Humphreys, South Korea, and oh, wow. then uh, Fort Bliss, Texas. Okay. Okay. So, um, about what years are this? What time frame oh, are we gosh. talking? Um, 2012, I believe, Around to that. 2016. Okay. And um, so, about that time frame, um, when did you kind of make that decision that you're going in the Army? Was it during high school, right out of high school, oh, a few it years was later? long after high really? school. I okay. was 25 when I went in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, my daughter actually had just passed from cancer, so oh, I was to hear that. looking for something that would give me structure, and I thought that the Army or the military in general would be a good way to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it helped a lot. Good. So. Good. And so um, you went to basic then. Um, yes. Uh, gosh, what was that? Fort Jackson? Okay. Yeah, Fort Jackson. What was that basic experience kind of like? Now, you had a little bit of experience before, even though you didn't necessarily grow up as a quote-unquote Marine brat, you've at least been exposed to some of the military yeah. stuff. Like, even though they say, like, after you get out, you lo you don't lose it all because you don't. You're, my dad still had that whole mindset of mm -hmm. early's on time and right. everything. So right. I grew up with that. you got to be early places. Absolutely. Which is Absolutely. kind of a pain when it comes to, like, parties and stuff because you don't want to show up early. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to be there, like, on time. And right. that's, that's late in my mind. So it's like, okay, <laughs> civilian side, we can't do that. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But, yeah. 
Okay, so what was your experience in basic training like then? Oh, I loved it. Did you? I would have gone back and done it over and over again. Really? I, why, why is that? The camar- camaraderie okay. of it. Yeah. I'm trying to think through this a little bit. So because you're a female, was an all-female squad? Is it yeah, like in our bay was all females. Okay. And the, the men were separated into a different bay. Okay. So. They were, we were actually in trailers at the time at oh, Jackson. Wow. Right. Uh, shortly after we left, they had actually moved to like the buildings that they were building. So okay. And uh, after basic training, would you end up? Where'd you uh, end up heading? And then I'm assuming that's your probably your job. Fort Gordon. Okay. So well, where's that at? Is that in Georgia? Georgia. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, it was communications. So okay. I was 25 Quebec. So communication specialist. Yeah. What's that entail? What's that mean? Uh, we dealt with like putting satellites on satellites and um, getting just comms, comms up and ready for missions and things like that. Okay. Um, was that primarily, it sounds like, because I don't know, I was an Air Force guy, right? Yeah. So, but it sounds like that was um, kind of um, deployment ready communications and yes. setting up. Yeah, we did a lot of like setting up like in Korea and stuff like that. Okay. So we did a lot of practicing getting your satellite on the the satellite in the sky mm-hmm. and things like that. Okay, so you can have so like field. translation civilian side. I would think of like somebody working for like dish, like a uh, oh, okay. a dish company, and trying to get the dish on the the satellite in the sky to get you your channels or whatever. Now I'm just curious because I was a satellite guy, right? Getting the Air Force. Was there a particular satellite that you always try to link up to? Yeah, we had one we were always, like, I guess assigned to. Okay. Do, do you know if it was a Discus satellite, a, a Millstar satellite, or um, a... When I was first in Korea, it was a Millstar. Okay. And then we moved to a different one. I don't remember. Okay, probably Discus or one. Anyways, like I said, I was a satellite guy. So yeah. I was actually commanded uh, Millstar. Oh, okay. So that's what I was asking. Yeah, we Millstar moved from Millstar com. for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. it's The last, like, half of me being in Korea, we switched. Switched over. And yeah. so after you got your kind of your MOS or your job for the military, um was your first duty station then korea yeah my first one was korea okay which i found really interesting because side note my great uncle was in the korean war so oh, it wow. was kind of like uh <laughs> yeah connection <laughs> it, it, there yeah because yeah. at first i was like oh, i don't want to go like it's korea like right. <laughs> now i what we used to do in the air force when we went to korea it was usually um well we had two options it was on company or company and they were usually, I think, fifteen month tours. What? What? How long did you end up in Korea? I was since I was stationed there. It was a year. Okay. It wasn't like a deploy. I mean, I didn't consider it. It was like duty station here. Right. One year. Right. And then when when I was fixing to leave, I want to say in 2013, 2014. I don't. I don't remember. They the years all blend together don't they? now. Yeah. Don't they? <laughs> yeah. But when I was. Leaving, they were starting to do, like, nine-month deployments to Korea. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Okay. So you end up going to Korea for a year, and uh, I'm sorry, I didn't write down the, the base that you were at. You were in where? Uh, for, uh, Camp Humphreys. Camp Humphreys. So I've heard of that, uh, but where's that located? Tech. Okay. So how, in relationship to Seoul, for people that know? Uh, so the best one I can do is Osan, because that's kind of okay. where we went a yep. lot, which is the Air Force Base. And I want to say it was like a 45-minute bus ride. Okay. 
And then I know we were farther from Seoul, but we always took like the fast train to get there. Get so. there, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how far that was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, what was it like um, showing up in Korea for the first time? What was kind of the, getting them the immersion into the culture? Did you have opportunity to get into the culture? Oh yeah, plenty of opportunities. Um, the first thing is they taught us like simple things, like Hadashi was like it meant uncle, but that's kind of like what you tell your taxi driver, okay. which I found interesting. Yeah, it is. You just that's what you did, so that's what we did. Okay. Um, taught us simple words, things like that, just to kind of start us integrating into the, the country. Okay. Which I found interesting. Yeah, I liked absolutely. it. So you actually got to spend time downtown, it sounds like. You traveled to Seoul and Osan. And... Uh, Seoul, Osan, um, Suwon is where I like to spend. It was closer. I think it was only like. Gosh, it wasn't far. I know that much. You just hop on the train and went, essentially. Okay. <laughs> Did you uh, get into into Korean food at all? Or oh yes. Did you? Yes, there was plenty of places right so, right outside of base that um, we would go to and just chill and eat there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so I'm going to be kind of stereotypical, and I apologize up front, but I've never been to Korea. I've had lots of friends that were stationed in Korea, and they always bragged about um, getting custom-made items. Oh, yes. On the Korean marketplace. Yes. Yeah. It was a huge thing. Like, right outside of Post, a lot of people got, like, custom-made jackets Mm -hmm. or custom-made suits even, like shoes, all kinds of things. Yeah. That was very interesting because it wasn't as like expensive as like over here. So everybody would do it over there and then bring it all home. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it's cheaper. Absolutely. And over here something that would probably cost you 5-600 would only cost you like 100, 150. Yeah. So it's like why not? Absolutely. <laughs> so you took advantage of some of that situation? Um I had I didn't really get custom made. I just kind of walked into places and if I saw something I like, like it's already custom made. Right. Maybe somebody just didn't like it. And I've gotten a few blankets, a few shirts and stuff like that. But awesome. Yeah. Never anything. I was like, hey, this is exactly what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess I didn't really take advantage of that. <laughs> well, that it sounds like you did take advantage of the culture. Um, you said you got to travel a little bit, saw Seoul, Osan and so on and everything. What's some of the experiences that kind of stand out for you in South Korea? Uh, one experience I had was, I guess I dropped some money out of my pocket and I didn't even realize it. And they, somebody had brought it back up to me. Oh, wow. Now, when you were there, your mission, you said were, was basically working communication to satellites, make sure that you had good communication. Were you doing that, um, as a joint with South Korean as well? Uh, or is it we did a lot of joint stuff with South Korea, uh, close to me getting ready to leave. It felt like every other month we were doing something joint with South Korea okay. so yeah there was a lot of definitely joint missions and things like that so you got to know the Korean culture pretty well then yeah there was one when we were close I guess to um the border okay of North Korea yeah and we were actually staying on a rock which is just Republic of Korea base and we actually ate with the soldiers there and everything. So it was very interesting to see how they live mm-hmm. on their base compared to how we live. Mind you, they do not have hot water interesting. before like September, October time frame. 
which I found interesting. That is interesting, yeah. And that water is cold, by the way. Right. <laughs> Prior to that. And they turned on the hot water like one day, and we were like, ah, oh, hot water. And the next day it was like, nope, no hot water. Wow. Okay. That's something I never knew or heard before. No. Yeah. And apparently it's very common in other countries, too. Well, yeah. So I was like, okay, I don't think I can deal with that. Yeah. I like hot water. <laughs> <laughs> so then you end up leaving Korea and going to... Fort Bliss, okay. Texas. Fort Bliss, Texas. And or El Paso, Texas. In El Paso. So what was that experience like? Uh, definitely a culture shock when you come back stateside because there is a lot of like, you're definitely close to who you're with because essentially that's all you have to hang out with. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody there's like American. Like, yeah, you you hang out with like your people like off, side, off base and stuff. But like when you come stateside, it's more... Everybody's going their own direction, mm-hmm. which is fine too, but it's just a lot different. Culture yeah. shock. You get on a train, you're, you could be packed in a train, like sardines, because it does happen. Right. And then stateside, it's like everybody wants their space. Right. And it's like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great point when you're deployed or, you know, in an isolated location like Korea. Um, you know, like-minded folks hit, get together and hang out, and you don't have the extra responsibility per se of going home and cooking dinner or taking care yeah. of kids or whatever the case may be, soccer practice, you know. So you're yeah. kind of in that mindset altogether. So that is a good point. Um, what was kind of – was it your, – your job was the same, basically, I'm assuming, yeah. there at Fort Bliss. But was there any difference um, to, like, your mission – or anything that you did? No, no difference. No. Just a very different climate. Right. So it's dry and very hot. Right. With sand blowing around all the time. <laughs> to whereas you had all four seasons in Korea. And it was yeah. just definitely way different in that aspect as well. So you're you're talking culture shock plus a whole climate shock because it's completely different. Well, and that's a great point. Um, as a military member uh, or as military members, um, you know, you don't really necessarily pick and choose where you're going next you might, a little input maybe yeah you get you get a couple choices and yeah. then they're like nope here you go there you go this is where <laughs> this you're going because it's where the this need is what's available right right and uh so how to be able to adapt kind of quickly get back into the environment of what you were in in korea then back into the united states but you're in the united states but you're from bellevue kentucky you yeah know, which is texas is different than than here yes a lot different you have all four seasons here and again you you still have seasons but they're not as prominent what's your what is kind of um an experience that you remember back in texas um i think i'd have to say the best thing about being on fort bliss was base had everything like you have a movie theater you had texas roadhouse you had denny's and you had a couple other places so it was like everything was on post. So that was really nice. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Like you had more than just like Burger King. Burger King, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Because that's very common, especially in Army posts have a Burger King and everything. Yeah. Like back where I was, like towards the back, because I was a signal unit and we were like back in the back of post mm-hmm. <laughs> at Bliss. And we had like the gas station and Burger King. But when you went more towards like main post, you had all kinds of things. Right. I was like, this is nice. And then you also had concerts, which I don't remember concerts being like on Camp Humphreys like that. Did you experience any of the culture that was per se different than what you would find here in Northern Kentucky? And I asked that question just because, like, for instance, I was in California and the culture there was so much different than in Kentucky 
Um, and the food was a lot different as well. Yeah, I would say the shocker there was like Mexican food was more like it looked way different because it was more authentic Mexican food mm-hmm. than like your Americanized Mexican right. food. And I wasn't used to that because I didn't, I didn't grow up around that. So I was more used to like the American style. But I definitely say that was something I got used to because it was really good. So it's just it's kind of interesting the fact we had the opportunity as being in the military to kind of travel throughout the country, but also throughout the world to experience yeah. all those different cultures. Oh, yes. and, and get. Uh, I really wish I would have gone to like somewhere in Europe too, but that yeah. wasn't an option because yeah. of personal things happening. So right. right. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, was that your then your last duty station? Then? Yeah, that was my last duty station, and then I was uh, medically discharged. Oh, okay. I had had back surgery in January 2015. It it was to the point where like I couldn't stand. My sciatica was being cut off, so they went oh. in and like cut cut out a section of my L5 S1 to where it could loosen that up, and they like shaved down L4. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. So then you were medically retired then after your surgery? Well, not retired, just okay. discharged. Discharged, okay. Yeah, because okay. I don't have retirement. It's okay. just disability through the VA. Gotcha, so. gotcha. And so that kind of, um, um, as you said, discharge that ended your military career from that, that aspect. Yeah. Um, what would you, how was your transition out of the military, especially going through that, you know, trauma of a I situation? Would, definitely say it was a lot harder because my whole reason for going in because I went much later in life at 25 Mm -hmm. I was like I'm gonna retire military blah blah so it was like oh no what am I gonna do now right and I was just like okay so let's get a plan the first thing I had to do was get a job (laughs) right now when after you retired did you come back to Kentucky or do you stay in Texas or where'd you end up at um I came straight home to Kentucky okay um, I actually stayed with my brother for about a, two years, roughly, mm-hmm. and then I got my own apartment. Gotcha. So, okay, it was rough though. Yeah, definitely a rough transition because I was like so used to certain things, and like I also had a lot of family that was like, "Yeah, move home, move home," mm-hmm. and then we'll hang out, blah blah blah, and it was like, don't go where your family tells you to move. In other words, because that's not what happened. I gotcha. It was like family parties, yeah, but like even friends that were like, yeah, move home. Mm -hmm. They're not used to you being there already, so. Because you've been gone four years, basically, at that point. Well, at that point, I had actually been gone for 10 years. Okay. Because when I was coming out of high school, we moved down to Florida. Gotcha. So from 2006 to 2016, I was gone. So it was a lot harder moving back because essentially I had been gone for 10 years. Right, yeah. (laughs) So it's rough. And everybody wants you to move home and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll move home, you know, see how it goes. And then it's like, it's not going the way I thought it would. (laughs) Right, right. And so during that transitional period, you're obviously uh, been successful uh, yes. getting through it. So what were you think some of the keys to help that might benefit somebody else that's kind of going through that right now? Uh, don't rely on family. Right. Make your own friends mm-hmm. and just kind of start hanging out with them because whether or not somebody says move home, we'll hang out. It doesn't always happen that way because you have to remember you've been gone for so long. They're not used to being like, hey, so-and-so's back. Let's invite them. Right. So 
that was kind of like a, a goof on my part, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like. But, you know, you figure it out. Yeah. Well, a couple of um, statistics I'm just going to throw out there because it kind of relates, in my opinion, on what you're talking about. But one is missiontransition.org says that 76% of all military, when they get out of the military, will have a stressful transition. Um, so you're not alone, right? It, yeah. it goes. Um, it's definitely for most stressful. Of us. It is. And it's hard to get back into that routine out of that military mindset, quote unquote, back to a civilian mindset. And a recent study um, done by the Wounded Warrior Project on post 9 11 veterans found that 78% consider themselves isolated or alone, especially upon the Definitely that felt tent. very isolated. Yeah. Yeah. So, and alone. The, and, the main person I hung out with was like my grandma when right. I came back. Yeah. Because I'm like, you only have so much time with your elders. So right. I just stuck to hung, hanging out with them. And Which being is like, probably fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> being like, my grandma's my best friend. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's, I think it's important, um, especially when you transition out. Like you said, if you transition back home or if you decide to stay where you're located or whatever, is find that network again, right? Find yes. that camaraderie. You have to. And, and uh, the camaraderie you have in the service is not going to be the same outside of the service. Exactly. Yeah. It's not even going to be close yeah. because you sign, everybody in the military signs that dotted line of, hey, I'm giving my life, <laughs> where everybody in the civilian world does not sign that line. Right. So I feel like I have more connection towards people that are veterans or mm-hmm. people that have signed that dotted line rather than people that haven't because they don't understand that you essentially gave your life up mm-hmm. for whatever could possibly come. Absolutely. Where they have no idea what that's like. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think it's just being around like-minded folks um, that have similar experiences just so you can share and uh it just feels comfortable a lot of times or more comfortable, especially yeah. in that early stages, but throughout. And so I would encourage, you know, um, others that are in, in the process of transition or a transition out is just to reach out um, yes, to some any, of the organizations. Yeah. That's, or anybody you know that was in that's in the area that you're within. Absolutely. Even if it's like a 30-minute drive, just, absolutely. just do it. <laughs> yeah, if you're in a local area, absolutely, you can reach out to the North Kentucky University Veteran Resource Center. Um, we hold events on a regular basis, but uh, we also have an Addie's Lounge where faculty, students, and staff can come and, and it's chill. it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Brand new. Uh, but we're open to the community as well, and a lot of people don't realize that. So um, if there's community partners out there, or if anybody wants to just stop by and say, hi, we're welcome to have you. <laughs> right? Yes. It's just it's hang out and chill. Um, or play the PS5 or Switch, whatever the case may be. So, Hi, I'm Staff Sergeant Jason Myrtle. I'm the recruiter for the Kentucky Army National Guard here at NKU and in Northern Kentucky. The Kentucky Army National Guard offers a 100% scholarship to any public university in Kentucky, along with a possible $20,000 enlistment bonus, additional income while attending college, and numerous other benefits. If you have any interest or questions, my contact information will be in the show notes. Go Guard! All right, so getting back into a little bit of that transitional period, what do you feel was the most difficult kind of communicate to family about your military experience? None of them truly understood. Okay. Like, I had an uncle that was in. He right. was Navy. Um, he kind of understood, but also he's busy with his life. Like, right. he was working night shifts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not, you know, you can't really talk if... You're on different schedules because I was working days and things like that. So it was like different schedule doesn't really work out. Um, 
I do think a lot of times like the older generation doesn't know like what the new generation's going through because at my time that we weren't considered wartime I don't feel like there wasn't a whole, there was deployments and there was people going overseas and things like that but by the time I was getting out it doesn't seem like there was as much going on mm-hmm. or a lot of people were getting sent to Kuwait which you know that's rough too but it's just like people that were actually like in right after 9-11 and getting deployed. Like, I don't feel like, especially if you didn't deploy it, I didn't feel like I made a huge contribution, you know? Well, I think we could argue that differently, but yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, a feeling. Like somebody mm-hmm. that's been deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan, mm-hmm. I don't feel like has the same experience of what I had, where I just went to Korea and... Right. Fort Bliss, and so I felt like that was a little different. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a couple of interesting points there. One, anybody, like you said earlier, that signed on the dot line to potentially give up their life for their country served, right? And uh, But there's different kind of levels. So yes. There's uh, combat veterans, there's uh, disabled veterans, there's uh, just veterans that were doing peacetime or during your service time. We were at, still at war. Uh, yeah, either. we were, but it just didn't feel like everybody was deploying at it's, once yeah. at the same time. Yeah, only about 56% of all the military force deployed in the 20-plus year war to Iraq or Afghanistan. So a big chunk did deploy, but a lot of people didn't. Yeah, uh, And you absolutely need that support staff and backup because that's on one front. Korea yep. is a different front, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a completely different front. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, uh, it, it is interesting that... Um, there is multiple levels even with inside the veteran community. Yes. But I would say that the whole entire veteran community, for the most part, is open. Uh, oh, yeah. Definitely you know. open. It's yep. just you have different experiences. Exactly. So when they're like, well, I deployed here. Where did you deploy to? And you're like, well, I just kind of <laughs> went to Korea <laughs> for blitz. So it's like, I guess more peacetime, garrison time. <laughs> right. Well, in Korea, you know, especially in today's world, it's a little bit of a always a yeah, dicey situation. Yeah, it's different. But, yeah. I do remember one time being in Korea. You're going to find this funny, but, like, <laughs> I guess that North Korea was shooting off missiles. Please join us next week for the exciting conclusion 